Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there Steve. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> and today we are doing what's probably will be our final uh, solo RPG talk. Um, <laughs> Until we talk about the solo game master's guide by Modifius, but... <laughs> oh, you're, oh, yeah, sure. We'll put that on the list. There's another one out there. There's one more. All right. So now we're actually getting into the premiere stuff. We've discussed a lot of stuff from uh, Parts Per Million, which are kind of mass-produced, kind of samey. Kind of samey. Kind of samey. Well, I mean, it, it's trying to incorporate the, these basic ideas into different systems. Right is what parts per million does right so mm -hmm. they take like the icon system and try and wrap that around their oracle re uh, resolutions right exactly exactly which uh with the level of detail those those are all sh really short books maybe what 20 pages or something yeah 30 uh, pages I mean, a lot of it, you know, they ex they expect you to be familiar with the systems, obviously. Obviously. Um, but then, you know, most of it is rewriting what they wrote in the last one. Right, right. <laughs> so, hence, samey as a description. <laughs> right, samey. Uh, today, we are talking about the Mythic Game Master emulator. Um, this is a product, a supplement that was released. Initially, it was part of the Mythic RPG engine uh, built from the ground up to really be kind of a solo or cooperative slash game masterless type of RPG. Uh, a lot of folks started using Mythic uh, to run solo games and the company... Uh, Pulled it out. Tanya Pigeon, the author here. Wordmill Games is the publisher. Uh, Wordmill Word pulled out the GM section of the Mythic uh, system, gave it a few edits, and released it as its own supplement. Uh, yep, this book here is about 50 pages, including the index. Uh, <laughs> and a very lengthy example of play. Yes. Really, it's about 40 pages of useful information. Right, right. The, but unlike a lot of the other things we've looked at, the example of play is very detailed and gives you... Now, I would say the biggest advantage of this is that it is built from the game up, ground up for solo or GM-less play. Or... <coughs> well, it's kind of like the opposite of the parts per million approach. Mm -hmm. Where parts per million had their thing. Right. Right. They're oracle. There are two types of oracles. And then kind of grafted it on to rule sets. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's one one for Cepheus and one for Call of Cthulhu and one for uh, icons, the one we just looked at. Right. You know. Um, they even like incorporate it into their cut up solo thing. Mm -hmm. Um this is the exact opposite. This has a series of of resolutions that works generically. Yes. In, in any system. So you don't have to buy a separate book for each system you're using. So this, in theory, this works just as good in Fate as it does in Dungeons and Dragons. 
I'm thinking of the two extremes. <laughs> Crunchy versus ephemeral. Right, right. <laughs> so things something that's more narrative function and something that's more more uh crunchy and math based. Dice dice rolling. Dice right. heavy, yeah. Uh, and it says in there like you you ask questions that describe the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh is the door locked? Right? Mm-hmm. Is the, is the room furnished? Right. Is there a dead body in the room? Stuff like that. Stuff that like a GM would normally tell you. Right. Something. What's something. Going on. Yeah. Not rules, questions, but setting information. Things that uh, the GM was. Uh, yeah. Is the door locked? Is there anything I can hide behind? Something right. like that. And it's it's so, that kind of task resolution. Right. So that kind of stuff. Yes or no questions, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, are resolved using the charts that they have for you. Right. They call it a fake chart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's room for random events and, and other stuff. But anything else, like, um, is there a, are there, are there footprints? Is there a trail? Yes. Can I follow that trail? Well, can I follow that trail is skill-based. Right. Exactly. So then you resolve anything like that um, using the rules of the system of your choice. So if it's Call of Cthulhu, you make your your track roll. If it's D&D, you make your um, wisdom, whatever it is, survival roll. I don't know what it is offhand. Mm -hmm. Combat is the same way. All combat is resolved using the the combat system of the game of your choice. Mm -hmm pretty pretty neat pretty simple right um now the oracle let's talk about the oracle itself it is a percentile based oracle uh in very much a call of cthulhu style uh where you have your odds and they have a something called the chaos rank and chaos is how much control over a situation that the players have um, and that also determines the odds of a yes or no answer as long right as, so it's like a bit of a random factor right it brings a little random factor in um, if you you roll your percentile die a roll low uh, a low roll is a positive answer and a high roll is a negative answer mm-hmm. and and you get your yes and no and there's also what they call an exceptional yes and exceptional no's which correspond to your critical successes and your critical failures. And it's like the top uh, one-fifth. So yeah, it's very... Uh, it's, it's called cthulhu Yeah, a very seventh edition. Um, now, the one thing that Mythic does that some of the others uh, that we've looked at don't do so well uh, is it has a random event uh, generator built into the fate chart process. If you roll a double uh, that is below your current chaos factor, so the crazier shit gets, the more likely random events are to take place. Well, it's if you roll a double and the singles digit is lower, because the chaos track goes from 1 to 9. Right, right. So if your chaos is at 6 and you roll a 55, you get a random event. 66 55 40 assuming that 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 you that you pass the yes or no test as well right. 
Exactly. Well, you can resolve the yes or no test and then resolve the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the random event. Uh, you also, the way this is set up, you're also uh, playing your game in terms of scenes. Uh, you could really think of a scene as what's going on in a session. You might have two or three different scenes or events in a location, uh, depending on you know what type of game you're playing. Uh, a scene might be five rooms in a dungeon or... You know, you're at Old Man Porter's house, and you're trying to figure out what the where he went. Um, if you're playing, say, a Call of Cthulhu type game, uh, and these scenes are played out, you make notes, threads of storylines that are occurring, NPCs and characters, and you update your lists. Um, one thing about playing with Mythic that I've discovered um, over my tests, and I've I've actually done three. Um, is that it really fosters good note-taking because you are, you're writing what happened, you know, the scene set up, new characters, new threads, so you have a lot of stuff to work with. Uh, right. Well, they have a, a, they have a chart for the page that, you, you know, a logbook entry mm. form that you have, that you can print out. Yep, yep, the adventure, the adventure setup page. Uh, which is also free to download on Wordmill's uh, website. Um, also, when you start a new scene, basically, when you start your game, your first scene is whatever your initial setup is, the, your inciting incident to your campaign. You're standing outside the lost mine of, you know, King Solomon or, you know, what, what have you. You roll into town and start your setup from there your second scene you roll a d10 and you if it is below your current chaos factor whatever it is at the end of scene one uh you either get an altered opening scene which basically if you you change some uh, an, uh, an aspect of the logical progression you know maybe curveball Right, a little bit of a curveball. You might want to go to talk to a certain person, but you get an an altered scene, so that person is not there. So you or just dead. or dead, um, or you can get an interrupt scene, which is a scene that uh, interrupts your narrative flow to a side quest, if you will. Um, and it also on the back page of the. Uh, Fate chart is some a little word association game. <laughs> when you get your interrupt scene, you uh, roll your event meaning and event subject and interpret something. Well, if you have a random event, <clears throat> pardon me, that occurs, mm -hmm. they, they have a chart that focuses that random event on certain things. Right. <clears throat> so um, it could be focused on, you know, the... Um, an NPC, it can be fo focused on a character. It can be focused on the th action thread that you're currently on. Um, it, it could even be just a random event. Right. And that the, that chart is meant to kind of give you um, a push in the direction of what that 
event entails. Mm. So you roll 2D 100s. The first one gives you an action, and the second gives you a subject. So you get struggle and fears. Right. right? And then you take whatever is going on right then with, uh, you know, the, the thread, the PC, the NPC, and you interpret struggle and what did I say? Uh, fears. Struggle and fears uh, to create this event. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like something that you come up with. Right. On in context, fly. on the fly. If it takes too long, then redo it. Yes, I, I like that action where it's, it's, it's actually spelled out in the rules. If it's taking you too long to uh, come up with a free association, skip it and move on with what you already had planned you know just keep going keep playing keep playing right and honestly i i really like this i like the kind of gamification of the oracle uh where it becomes kind of a, a mini game uh it does add a couple more moving parts to track like chaos factor uh threads and things like that but it they make sense in, in well, a way and I- I think that this is a step closer to actually achieving what it wants to achieve. I don't think it completely does it GMless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem with with that is, you know, there you're all. I always say it: you're only going to be as surprised as, as you let yourself be. I guess, <laughs> you know, and it's 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 hard to run like a mystery or something using this you can you can maybe simulate a mystery Mm -hmm. but it's going to go the way that you randomly determine it's going to go which isn't going really not really a mystery is that that's Uh, just kind of like the events that kind of look like a mystery and you may have solved something but you really didn't solve a mystery you kind of like concocted a mystery out of random parts mm-hmm. so i think that this is good for stuff like heists right um you could probably do heists with it you can probably even do like a bit of a you know space opera kind of shit with it mm-hmm. um i don't think this would be very good for call of cthulhu mm-hmm. uh just it, I, or that genre of gaming uh because there's for that you know there's i don't think you can really do v- like good investigation with this you're gonna you're just gonna go you find the the you know the clue and you're gonna interpret it the way you want to interpret it as opposed to you know what there's no intention behind it Mm -hmm. if if you if you get what i mean right and i think something like that you have to have some sort of intent Mm -hmm. okay i i see what you're saying um did did you get a chance to uh try it out I did not. You did not? Um, As I said a few minutes ago, I uh, tried it three separate occasions. Um, The first time, I tried it out with uh, D6 Star Wars, since you mentioned uh, Space Opera. Worked pretty well. Uh, The second time I tried it was with, uh, uh, I think I used uh, Saga Edition Star Wars, since I had never played that before. Uh, so I wanted to give it and a Saga shot. Edition is the their version of fourth. Yes, it was the proto. Yeah, the proto fourth edition D twenty rules. 
Um, hadn't played it, been sitting on my shelf for years. I said, you know what? I need to test Mythic anyway. Let's break that out and, and give it a quick couple of scenes to, to break out the engine. Um, the third one I did, funny you should mention like investigation type of game. Uh, the third one I played was Icons. Uh, to tie it back into last week's, or last time's discussion. <laughs> uh, since I already had Icons on my mind, I said, screw it, let's, let's do something. Um, and what I ended up doing was, yes, I, I basically pre-generated a crime. Um, so a mystery, but I did not generate the person behind it. Um, so kind of becomes a little more organic, but I'm playing that by myself. So, you know, I, I kind of know what direction to, to go to get an answer, I guess. Right. Exactly. That's like my point is right. there's really not a mystery. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't know who did it and why, you know. Right. But eventually you will because Right. You'll come up with a clue and you'll play the right. word association game and go, Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was the beekeeper the entire time. Right, yeah. There's only one person and, and and hopefully you're at that moment in the actual fiction of the investigation where the character can do the same. <laughs> so I don't know if I, I guess I should just try it, but I don't know if I would really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just like, that just seems to me more, you know, games to play in your head by yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I, I actually did uh, put a copy did of. Did you play uh, Trucks? Did no, I did Trucks not. Using play... Mystic? <laughs> Mythic. No, I did not. I did not. That would have been the fourth game. Uh, I did play uh, Life. Uh, I, I woke up, I played myself as a character, and uh, every decision I made that day was through the uh, fate chart. <laughs> Should I have eggs for breakfast? <laughs> Let's see. Well, we'll call that 50-50, chaos factor yeah. of five. <laughs> Is uh, work open? Is work open? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Actually. Uh, Riley, why did you not come into work today? <laughs> uh, because the dice said it wasn't open. In fact, I just rolled that and on a 50-50 chance. Uh, it was an exceptional yes, and it is Sunday, so they are closed today. So that's. <laughs> an exceptional yes. Uh, yeah, there was a, there was a uh, catalytic converter emergency in uh, Central Maryland and every body shop and repair shop in the greater Baltimore area has to be open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Hogan's parting gift. <laughs> yes. Um, now, I, I can see where you're coming from and, uh, and you know, your criticism is completely valid. Uh, I had a blast. Uh more so with icons than than with say D six Star Wars, um, mainly because I, I always thought I think D six Star Wars is a little clunky. Uh, icons is a little more, I guess, streamlined. It goes toward that that narrative side of the distinction um, versus the crunch side. Right. Um, I think yeah. I think you probably get less enjoyment out of this if you're doing a lot of 
in system dice rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I could, I guess you could do a kind of a dungeon crawl using this, but kind of. Mm-hmm. If you could do like the random dungeon generation from like the first edition mm-hmm. dungeon masters guy, but then why would you need this? Right, right. I guess to fill rooms with monsters. Yeah, or or you know asking questions for events and stuff like that. Um, right. My my first real detailed exposure to Mythic was uh, the uh, AP show. Uh, me, myself, and die with um, Trevor Duvall. Uh, he played, used the Mythic GM emulator with uh, Savage Worlds in his first season, and that's a bit crunchy. He didn't end up going to the the emulator too much unless he had a specific, uh, you know, question, uh, and he used uh, other generation random generation tools. So that's the thing is like a lot of especially older games mm-hmm. have random a lot of randomness baked in, right? Yes. Like like uh NPC reaction tables mm-hmm. and and random encounter tables and and all sorts of of stuff like that. And and I've said this before as well. You can theoretically play traveler um old traveler by yourself without having to do anything because completely all random tables, all the tables are there mm-hmm. uh to do everything except for um like something meta to control events outside right um which i think the the gm emulator the fate table would would uh help mm-hmm. with that so that i mean that might be a thing that it's it's a nice tool, I think. Right. Um, I don't know if it's like the the panacea, but it is definitely a nice tool. Mm-hmm. Um, now that being said, that is not what I'm using the I Ching for. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's absolutely has none none of this is is. I mean, it's it's fine. It's it could be useful, but it, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm using the I Ching for at all in uh in traveler okay so so uh, yeah it's not it's not determining if it's not determining events at all it's determining like general moods right of scenes right right and and i will grill you more about that once that campaign is finished (laughs) if i remember if you remember (laughs) Well, I have a lot of stuff right there. But, no, and, right. and I, I, I can I can see where you're coming from with that. Well, right. um, so, for example, no, I mean, so, for example, I rolled for the first scene. Let's see if I actually, I'm, that might have been before I started logging stuff, so hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was... Um, uh, 41 mm-hmm. diminishing and changing into 51. Okay. And that's all it was. So I read up the thing and I had, I had the scene set, but like the, uh, the violence was determined by that or my violence. Mm-hmm. Yours is completely different. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's all, that's all right. it is. 
I, I, I get you. I get you. But still, I, you know, as as the campaign progresses, I still want to talk to you about the specifics. I guess when we're done, you know how how certain how certain readings influence certain uh, shifts over the course of the campaign. Okay. So it's yeah, it's more of a I guess a kind of a a long game kind of thing. Like yeah, this is this is your intent, but you know what what's it going to be toward the end? You know what is right. it going to evolve into? Right. Or or away, I mean, I, or away well, from. <laughs> right. I mean, well, the only thing I can control mm-hmm. is everything but you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. But if I have characters, right. Mm-hmm that are in there. Right. And I come up with a, um, you know, a hexagram that says something, they're going to behave in concordance with that hexagram. Right. And with the flow of the hexagram into the other hexagram. Mm. Okay. That that's what I'm doing. So the, the characters and maybe events that happen are going to, are going to be influenced by that. You guys do whatever you want to do. Right. I mean, so basically, you're basically you're doing a, 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 an I Ching reading for a an NPC. Well, well, kind of. No. But not if you to the consider everything of, to be an NPC. Right. But <laughs> so like, well, here's the thing. So, so fifty or forty one mm-hmm. is diminishing, right? Right. And the big thing about that is. Um, it's mountain over lake or mm. sea. It's something like that. And wh- where the top of the hexagram takes from the bottom of the hexagram, right? It right. Takes energy. So uh, something is drawn from you. It's something diminishes to strengthen something else. Right. That's what I was working with, more mm. or less. Okay. So that's what the mood of the scene was, right? Right. So uh, you're going to have violence. You're going to have, you know, change. There's going to be like conflict. Right. Right. So, right. so kinda in a way, uh, like the uh, word association game, the event, action, and meaning uh, on a bigger scale. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I really. Honestly, try, I'm trying to do what I think Philip K. Dick was trying to do mm-hmm. when he wrote uh, The Man in the High Castle. Ah, so it's a multi-layered so experiment. Well, I don't think he was trying to like um, influence events with the I Ching. I think he was trying to figure out what the, what the general mood of, right. you know, a, a, of the interaction of everybody was going to be, mm-hmm. but that has to be gameable. So I can't get a general mood and tell you, Oh, the mood today is violence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's no fun. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like in, in the, as, as it was used, uh, to generate like the meta, the characters reading, a a, a, a hexagram and, you know, decide, Oh, it's this. and, and it is interesting how in events were plotted out in the book itself uh, to co- completely off track uh, that the character turned around and would say, this is exactly what my I Ching reading said today. Right. And I can't do that because, you know, it's we're still playing games and you all have free right. will. Right. 
it has to be fun and gameable. I can't just, I might, otherwise I'd just be writing a book. Right. Right. <laughs> well, well, so, well, well, there has to be a little bit of compromise. We'll, we'll see how well, um, but here's the, the, the thing. player characters like interact with that kind of mood. Um, right. And, and see how many times the, the prediction is accurate. <laughs> Well, it's not a prediction. Well, I never the pattern. I never think of, yeah, I never think of those things as mm. predictions. I always think of them as like uh, just just a uh, ambiance, mm. I guess. Right. Um, but like, I have a bunch of like things planned, right? Right. You know, right. mysteries and and monsters and and right. None of that's determined by the aliens and all that. That's all there, but how how are they going to react mm-hmm. when you come in, or you know, to what you've done? Right. What right. what mood is Glorgon the impetuous in today? Well, he's impetuous. Right. Is he is he more <laughs> impetuous than have, usual? If you're going to have an adjective as your uh, way <laughs> <laughs> says what it is. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Gorgon the offensive. What is he like? Well, he's Gorgon the smelly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah! Astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers of Hyperborea. That's probably that's the game we should play with myth. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, isn't that basically? AD&D? I, I think so. I think so. I think it might be something similar. It's been a while since I've even looked at that book. That has a new edition. Yes. I think it's I, in its third edition right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard. Um, I haven't had a chance to uh, check it out. And I think we obtained the first edition some time ago. Yeah. I'm sure that Humble Bundle will make it all available right before they like kick it into the next edition. That's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, I personally really enjoyed using the Mythic GM emulator, um, and and it were it, it integrated pretty nicely with my own play style, my GMing style, I guess, running it for myself. Um, you know, and, and like you say, there's there's certain aspects of it that, yeah, you're running up the game, you've got ideas in your head, um, and you can you can tweak things, I suppose, to make your answers come out the way you want them. I would hazard to guess that running it GMless mm-hmm. with three or four people, right? After you get past the hurting cats aspect of of gaming, right? I think that would be the sweet spot where you have four different points of view and you can come up with an amalgam of that mm-hmm. instead of you and your own thoughts right oh how about this and and give everybody a copy of of the fate chart you know that way one person is not ru- rolling and interpreting the person who asked the question rolls the number yeah 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 it would be, it would, i'm saying gm less right. but with like with like three or four people right no i can see so, yeah that'd be that'd be a really interesting experiment in uh cooperative storytelling um and i was thinking about it because i was reading uh fate uh cup over the past couple weeks the the srd 
And I was like, you know what? This would be kind of interesting to run with Mythic GMless and Fate that is already structured in such a way where the players are supposed to be acting cooperatively, uh, making well, suggestions. A there's a Fate solo, mm -hmm. and I don't, and I'm going to check before I open my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I just got to find it. I don't think it's parts per million. Um, if it's the, the free one, I've read that. Um, Dungeon Crawl Solo, Fate Solo, by Kenny Norris, powered by Fate, it is Creative Commons, blah, 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 who did that? It doesn't say who. I mean, it says the author's name, but. Right, right. Is it, is the text of that uh, particular thing a, a longer article, um, with, with the Oracle? Using fake it's about 10 pages long. It has the fate solo oracle mm -hmm. minus four to four, terrible poor, even good cheat or great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and then it's got uh, the the event action and meeting with a uh, with fate dice. Uh, uh yeah, plus asterisk minus asterisk for blanks. No. No. This has skills. Uh, no, it has yeses and nos. Mm -hmm. Yes, plus, plus. Okay. No, minus, minus. No, minus, no. Right. No, plus, no, plus, plus. Yes, minus, minus. Yes, minus, yes. Hmm. Yeah, the one, the yes, one plus, I had plus. had some of the uh, association stuff that you rolled your fate dice and you got a word. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can. Look well, maybe it does up. have the word. Yeah. Surprise factor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we did read the same thing then. Yeah, but I don't think it's parts per million. It, it's not. It's not. Um, it's it's a, I believe a independent contractor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is powered by fate, right? And I guess that's their. Um, that's probably their. Yeah, uses fate dice. <laughs> yeah. So. Ta-da! Powered by fate. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought something like fate accelerated or something like that would work pretty well with with mythic. Um, I like I kind of like the way this looks like it works above some similar things such as Iron Swarm, mm -hmm. which was the powered by the apocalypse. Yes, yes. Um, because I th I just I don't I can't just make up my mind about that engine mm -hmm. in general. Right. Uh, it just seems like it's a little limiting, mm -hmm. but people love it. So who knows? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the same engine that, uh, avatar is going to be using, right. Or uh, uses since the PDFs are out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the Amazon will, will, be completely destroyed once the actual game comes out. Yeah, apparently, uh, that should be uh, in the next few weeks. Here, I think is Avatar are... powered by the apocalypse. I believe it is. I think it is a uh, powered by the apocalypse because the the other big animated property one was the Dragon Prince, and that was Cortex. Well, I know that uh, the latest. Uh, Yusagi Yojimbo is powered by the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. It's kind of disappointing. Right. Well, we'll see. 
we'll see. Um, I'll once I once I get a hard copy, I'll definitely give it a read over, and you know maybe maybe it'll be something we're interested in to play around with. Um, yep, yep. Now, powered by the Iron Sworn is is completely self contained, and actually the GM emulator for Mythic has me uh, interested in maybe checking out the rest of the Mythic core system to see what the rest of it was you know built upon right i can hear you yeah that's kind of weird because it almost seems like this is really all you need yeah yeah and and it's if i remember reading through mythic core it's practically the same thing uh it's word for word those three or four chapters from the middle of the book pulled out Right. So and, and tweaks, it's um it's generic, right? Yep. Yep. It so is I guess you would have to have a way for task resolution mm-hmm. and yes. combat. Right. Character yes, creation, that, that, task resolution, and combat. That that would that would be pretty essential. Yep. And those are <laughs> I think those are the other three sections. Um, and probably some advice on, you know, putting together your world. Pretty much right. pretty much the same uh process as any uh, universal system, right? Whether it's fate, GURPS, yeah, you know, whatever dressing. Now, right, makes sense. There are there are a couple of supplements for the supplement uh, called Mythic Variations, uh, which are books that contain uh, new charts, uh, some alternate rules. <laughs> Mythic the Dead Ball Era. <laughs> <laughs> I found all right. This is okay. a total aside. Go ahead. So be- the other day, I think it was like Thursday or Friday, drive through RPGs till the day was Dead Ball, which is a baseball emulator. Right. So I was like, oh, it's like three bucks. I'll pick this up. I like baseball. And it literally is a baseball emulator, right? Right. It's, it's, have you read, um, uh, Dharma Bones? It's been years, but okay. Yeah. But Jack Kerouac talks about it in Dharma Bums. He invented, a baseball emulator right. that he used to while away the time while he was like up in the mountains, right? Right, up in the firehouse or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think this is the same emulator, but it's basically Car Wars uh-huh. for for baseball. Wow, <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> and and um. There's a variation. They have, have the modern era, mm-hmm. but then they have the dead ball era. When and all the, that they did was tweak the charts. So you know, you roll a d. Uh, the way it works is you have a batter rating, right? Mm-hmm. You're on, and you have your basically your batting average and your on base percentage, right? And you roll, uh, you roll percentile dice, and if you roll under that, you get a hit. And then there's a chart for your hits, right? Right. And then the dead ball era, all those charts are tweaked <laughs> for, for you know, for the dead ball era, you know, less home runs, more base hits, that kind of thing. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was actually pretty cool, but I, I'm like thinking like this mythic thing, like pretty much it's all there. What are you going to do to tweak it, to make it different? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're only asking yes or no questions, right? Right. Right. Yes or no question. You're not really. It's not really the fate chart that's that's being tweaked. It's the um, like the word association and 
mm-hmm. offers different random elements that you can build upon. Now, um, here, here's actually something I was thinking about. I'm glad you mentioned that. You could potentially combine mm-hmm. that random elements with the um, cut-up solo mm-hmm. words and make a 2D100 charts using cut-up solo um, snippets, right? Right. And and build your random events that way. That's kind of interesting. So maybe tailor your random events more towards the type of game you're playing. So like mm-hmm. if you are playing Call of Cthulhu, you get a copy of At the Mountains of Madness and use that mm-hmm. as your uh, as your word prompts. Or if you're playing if you're playing Traveler, you know, go find a copy of fucking. Uh, neutron stars and larry nibbon thing and, and mm-hmm. do that right right or uh what was the one that we read or <laughs> uh agent or, of the imperium oh our, the arm gil hammond agent yeah. of arm yeah no was it arm oh, that yeah, was arm. flatlander it was, wasn't it yeah flatlander right, no right, i right. meant um but his, his name was gil hamilton right but I meant the uh, the the actual traveler novel that we read. Uh, oh yes, Agent of the Imperium. <laughs> you use that for your traveler game, or now here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say you take the poems of a certain Laotian poet mm-hmm. and use that right as your uh, as your word salad, mm-hmm. right? Right. That way, you can even like get out of your regular tropes, mm-hmm. and maybe even add some some like flavor to your your gameplay. Yeah, you could do that. I, I think I think solo role playing does have a bit of that DIY spirit. Is you know here's here's a tool, uh, and as you play, I think I think a, a solo role players. Uh, believe it or not, apparently are a, a segment of the community. Uh, I mean, it's got to be something to do in Idaho. That's true. That's true. And then role-playing is a, is a hobby notorious for conflicts of schedule. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so well. much so and, that it's become a trope. And misanthropes. And misanthropes. So, you know... But yeah, I think there's a lot of DIY kind of spirit, um, you know, because you're playing by yourself. You know, you can pull the from, fuck you do want. whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I mean, there is even is this paragraph in there that you could use the Mythic GM emulator as the entire system itself, right? And it doesn't give any examples of that, but. Yeah, I was just like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. You know, phrase your entire session, no questions. Uh, can I punch the guy? You know, do I hit the guy? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's an exceptional yes. It must be a crit. I mean, you, you I think you would have to do some DIY to uh, make the GM emulator the entire engine of your game. Make it interesting. Right. So you just don't get sick of it. Right. But uh, yep, so far it's my my personal favorite. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to get a lot of use from me, uh, mainly uh, to teach myself to take better notes. 
<laughs> right. Uh, because I'm terrible at taking notes. I, I have a decent enough memory, but when it comes to shit like names, you know as well as I do, I am terrible with names. Oh, I suck at names. It, it's the irony of like people who read fantasy and science fiction where like they have the most like fucked up names because mm-hmm. I can't remember people's names. Right, exactly. Uh, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mythic Game Master Emulator. Uh, I, I say if you're if you're stuck with uh, wanting to play by yourself, play with yourself. Wow. Yeah, I I, I went there. I went for the low hanging fruit. <laughs> uh, I I would say pick this up, give it a try, uh, see see how you like it. Integrate it into your own gameplay. Uh, you know, maybe even if you're a, a, a GM who's like me, who likes to improv a little bit more than uh, most people enjoy, uh, yeah, pick it up, use it for that. Uh, play solo or play with a try it GMless and let us know. I, th- I think it might actually be really useful for when you don't have a lot planned, right. You know, not the whole thing mm-hmm. per se, but like you know, to to kind of build, yeah, or or for that direction the players uh, go in that you weren't really prepared for, uh, right? And you just you just roll yourself up in event action and meaning and go, okay, I got it. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I that I say I say grab it. You know, thumbs up. It it's it's going to be. Um, probably a pretty uh, high up tool in my arsenal for the time being. Well, uh, it definitely sounds like the best of the bunch so far. It sounds like there's a lot less um, putzing around, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say that. To the to you the know, point. Well, I mean, you get even like solo playing. It's more interactive. Mm-hmm than you know than we've seen it, it almost seems a lot of them are like you come up with a scene in your head fill in the details right and this and, has and, a little more gamifying element to it so right it, it encourages you to be a little bit more active mm-hmm. right thinking up your questions and and doing things like that plus plus it has you know that clear random event generator inherent in the system right all right so there you have it until next time balls balls dead balls dead ball era